Three, two, wait, let me start over. <laughs> Three, two, one. Alright. <laughs> what? I did it. You, you weren't way too slow on that? Okay, alright. Oh, you thought it was way too slow? Oh, I thought it was right on it. No, it's fine. That's just the video delay. Okay, alright, alright. Fantastic. Here we are once again. Yes. Okay, so this is the second part of our podcast on Oh God! Exclamation point. Yeah. In the pre work, when we met last time, we. Previously on The Young and the Restless. We tried to remember the film, we gave it our pre-ratings, we talked about it without having seen it at all, and then we went back and watched it. I just watched it on uh, Sunday, and well, now we can really talk about it. You ready? Yes, I am. Here we go, cutting the sublight engines. I do have, I do have a few um, uh, errata and addendums and clarifications from our pre-work that I wanted to... Uh, uh, do we allow corrections? <laughs> I don't know if we do. I don't, well, we we can just put them... We can, I would like to enter them into the into record. The, okay, and let the record strike show. Them. We can always go ahead and strike them later <laughs> yes. if they are not permissible. Right, all, all right. right, let's hear it. So let's got, hear it. What did you got, get wrong? Because um, I don't think I was wrong about so, anything. Well, on my rating, my political correctness, I w w went with three. Yeah. But I had uh, a recollection of a naked uh, uh, woman, woman a or trunk. girl in the trunk of a car <laughs> right. uh, was... who was blackmailing who was blackmailing whoever's trunk that she was in, you know, using her sexuality to manipulate or nakedness to manipulate somebody. And so I think uh, based on that, I should have docked it a PC point. For and that. they dock you! Uh, okay. Based okay. on that recollection. So do, you, you didn't know. give two ratings, one with and one without the woman? I think you gave... Okay, right. All right. So with the yeah. woman... To, to properly represent oh, your right. recollection, it would yeah, be down so the, to a two. Because that's not the PC, PC would have been down to a two, okay. and the nudity would have been up at a two five, right? Right. But right. It turns out it turns out the movie was just you and me, kid. A movie starring George Burns and uh, Brooke Shields from uh, 1979 Columbia Pictures, uh, and so <laughs> hence hence my amalgamation of it. So. Therefore, the the numbers stand, and the nudity is dropped down to one point five from that okay. as a result. Okay. But so, I think it was like a fourteen-year-old Brooke Shields at the time. Right. So, so I don't she know is really Miss not appearing in this film. Not appearing in this film. That's right. And uh, and then although um, you know I give you a lot of forgiveness. Nineteen seventy-nine. George Burns. I mean, this is contemporaneous <laughs> stuff. Right. Yes. <laughs> and then. And what's the and other corrections? The, uh, I believe you would oxidize uh, ammonia to go to nitrate and then nitrate. Um, and then also... <laughs> Wait, what did you say the first time? <laughs> we were talking about kit, I think, yeah. and how you would use uh, a certain process in order to convert liquid nitrogen into a, a fuel source. And then, yeah. anyway, um, I think I said reduce. And I oh. meant to say oxidize, probably, okay. in order to make it a a more potent uh, fuel source. Uh, and then uh, the actor from Ally McBeal is the uh, legendary Peter McNichol. Okay, so those those were my corrections. Okay, good. Part, part one. Good. Let the record show the corrections have been read in, 
And now the okay. chair no longer recognizes Senator MacArthur. Your time is up. <laughs> no, so that's good that we get that stuff out of the way. I retract nothing. I correct nothing from what I said. I think I was brilliant, poignant, and um, piquant. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> I don't even... I don't think I know the nuances of the definition of piquant when used in that manner. You... you know, it's like when they make something like an ice cream with a little chili pepper in it, and it's just got a little something to it. <laughs> it's piquant. <laughs> okay, all right. This is from, from the French. All right. Piquant is this French word, yes. Me? Uh, you yeah, know this? Yes. I don't know. I thought that <laughs> no, no. Picant, picant, Spanish. It doesn't mean spicy. Picante. Oh, okay. Would I be Spanish. That would be different. P i q u a n t is. Oh, okay. Is the French. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> 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 so. Now that well, we've got that established. Your, your romance language studies went much deeper than mine, I guess. True, I did. I stuck with it for quite a while. Yeah. It was all through high school, and then I even took multiple years at college. Nice. Although, I can't say I was very good at it. Of course, then I didn't use it. I, went, I once went to France, so I used it for like a day and a half by myself uh -huh. in Paris, and yeah. was able to, you know, make my way around. Never, never like Mo but... Mo Montreal or anything. You didn't hit the. No. 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 Okay. No, I don't want to hang out with those Canadians. <laughs> French Canadians. I hear it's a. Jeez. I hear it's a blast. I hear it's a. It's a great. It's a crazy town. It's a great town to, to, hang out in. No, I'm just kidding. I have no idea whatsoever. I mean, what little I know about French-speaking Canada is mostly from. The film uh, Super Troopers 2. Uh -huh. Did you see this fine film? I've only seen bits and pieces, sadly. It's something bits that's on, on my to-do list, on my watch Rent list. Rent a DVD and you'll get the deleted scenes and everything. All right, all right. Yeah, so the, the accent and attitude of those guys is what I know about French-speaking Canada. So okay, all right. It was pretty funny. Rob Lowe. Okay, also you know, from if you're Parks a fan and of the Recreation. One, and yeah. Yes, definitely. But we are here to talk about Oh God, yeah. 1977's Oh God. Yes. And um, well, actually, let me just... <laughs> sorry. What? For some reason, I was coming back to Montreal and thinking about how okay, you know there ahead. might there was a gentleman's club joke in there, but I've lost it at this point. I think so. Certainly, opportunities will present themselves later about gentlemen's clubs, and then we can come back to it. Oh, I'm sure they will. Right, because the opening okay. scene is a full nude strip bar <laughs> with John Denver making it rain. That's how it opens. It's a little shocking. I think, I think that's the <laughs> Pac-Man Jones story. It's not the... Wait, what movie did I watch? <laughs> Maybe that was the other one. Maybe that no, the, was the... just you and me, kid, oh, in 1979. Okay. Okay, it starts with 14-year-old Brooke Shields doing a full nude scene? Uh-oh. I don't think so. Uh, spoiler alert and pedophile alert, like both going off at once. Two alarms you don't usually hear together. 
<laughs> Although I think Brooke Shields would have gotten those starts. alarms. She she already set those off decades ago. Oh, I feel. <laughs> You want to introduce the movie? You no. want to tell me your first impression as the titles came up? <laughs> as the titles came up, I was thinking groovy soundtrack. Groovy. Yeah. The, the soundtrack had quite the uh, the period sound. To I, it. I, I wrote and, down the uh, words "love that '80s music," but of course, this was late '70s. Right. Right. Which yeah. influenced '80s music, but this was late '70s music. Yes. Did it not feel kind of sitcom-like to you? It did a bit, yeah. Yeah, it's almost as if there should have been a laugh track. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, and we... yes. I felt like this was TV writers at the time who were used to having a comfortable studio audience yeah. with a laugh track, and you were tuning in this week, and right. you were going to be comfortable. And even some of the cuts, the first cut of the movie, were zoomed in on a kind of uh, white, uh, just hazy screen, and then we zoom back, and it's uh, it's an egg that they're examining in the uh, the 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 aisle. Right. John which Denver's is so cutesy. Yeah, helping swap out eggs. He's uh, you know eating open bags yeah. of Doritos, and you know. Just right. doing general assistant manager kind right. of Right, so they do a uh, lot of work good here in the opening work. titles. They give you a montage. Right. You can drop in the, oh, you need, you a, need montage. a montage audio drop from uh, <laughs> South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut right there. <laughs> but they make it clear he's Mr. Nice Guy, right? right? And then they right. make everything so relatable, right? At least for middle-class white people in in L.A., right? So it's this, like, totally comfortable scene. You recognize everything, and you're you're sort of shown what he's... He's this fantasy of an associate grocery store manager. And, you know, and it's John Denver. It's John Denver. Looking totally natural. There's no... Had he done any acting before? I didn't do any research on this, but he was a natural. I guess he's a performer, right? right? Well, I... well, his I think the the producer was actually his manager, right, of the film. Yeah, I think this was just the right project at the right time for him. And well, uh, you could see that. I, I don't know if he did anything substantial before or since, really. I think this was like basically his one his one feature film, leading man role. So. Well, my theory is that what he did, and I don't know if the timing is right here, is he watched fifty hours of Three's Company. <laughs> To observe John Ritter and try to get John Ritter's comfort level in front of the camera, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Like, new actors, like, react to the camera and pay attention to the camera in a way they shouldn't, yes. especially in a film, right? Right. And I was amazed that John Denver looked totally comfortable. Yeah. Even in scenes with, like, his shirt off and close-up on his chest, his smooth, delicious chest and his nipples, <laughs> right. right? It was... <laughs> Yeah, I think he was waxed. He must have been waxing a little there or something. Oh, you don't believe yeah. John Denver's just naturally smooth uh, like that? He could be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's possible. Born this way. <laughs> I'm just going to throw in you're, top ideas You're the getting time. the edits already. These are probably more for you at this point than me. I think you got... <laughs> I'll keep working on Blue Thunder. You work on this one, I think. You do your job, pencil neck. Don't tell me how to do mine. Yeah. Okay. All right. How's that coming, by the way? <laughs> it's a little nose heavy. It's a little nose heavy. This thing is nose heavier than the Ayatollah. Yeah. But that whisper, though. <laughs> 
Yeah, so they, they set him up, and, and in less than, I think, a minute, we get to see the car. Yes, the Pacer. The, 77 the pacer, pacer Wagon. Introducing the AMC Pacer, the first wide, small car. Ah! Yeah. It was like its own character in the movie. It was, yeah, yeah. It had bright... And it was beautiful. Beautiful, bright, primary red with wood pan, wood tone paneling. <laughs> right on, on the bottom. I mean, it was yeah. it was a, a cross between a Ferrari and a station wagon, the way they portrayed it. It is well, it was because it wasn't actually the most iconic uh, Pacer style, the sedan, which had the the curved rear windows. Um, right. It had it had more the flat rear window. It was less less shocking looking than the uh, than the Pacer sedan, but right. still quite quite a uh, a distinctive look to it yeah. yeah i mean all that with the looks the good mileage and it can carry 100 gallons of water <laughs> i don't know i think mileage actually was one of the complaints of it at the time, <laughs> oh, was it you know it's, yeah well, it was, because it had heavy heavy glass it had uh, you know this uh this laminated glass in it that was uh safety feature they didn't advertise much but it it seemed to me like it was a clear product placement like they got money from amc to place this car you would think yeah it was interesting uh the the kind of product placements that they may or may not have gotten because there were some definite uh uh, coca-cola entries in there and yeah so we didn't have to wait long to get the car and then they show him, it was super fast cuts, but they show him, like, putting the kids to bed so that you know he's a family man. Right, right. Playing backgammon. Backgammon. Um, and then we get Terry Gar. Terry Gar in the pink tile bathroom. Yes. <laughs> well, she's actually in the bedroom. He's yeah. in the pink tile uh, bathroom with some kind of contraption around his neck. Like cutting the back for for holding a mirror in his front of his face so he can cut the back of his yeah. hair. Yeah, the hair on the back of his head. So that was so. This is so seventies, right? Like the stuff that they were producing that like people would buy, right? Because it was the latest thing. Yeah. And then yeah, he, it's a plastic neck holding mirror yeah. to there cut was, your own there hair. There was a lot going on in this bedroom scene, in this first bedroom master suite scene here, because yes. the set the set itself was done of the period, I think. And then yeah. I don't know if it was of the period to have so much like a cluttered look, but the but the fact that there are all these prints that had multiple designs going on in them, like the the towels had you know three or four brown tones, all earth tones, right? All browns and oranges, and then yeah, and then you, you had... know I didn't I didn't even notice that because it was probably okay. too close to my normal childhood experience. Okay, I'm sure that was how my bathroom looked. Like I was stuck well, staring at Terry Gar's nighty. I'm 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 pretty sure that you had in your house uh, dual orange macrame fern slings coming from the ceiling, right? <laughs> yes. I think that was in your house. That was in the set that they had there. They they might have been spider plants and uh-huh. not ferns, but yes, <laughs> yes. macrame hanging macrame. from the ceiling. Orange plants, macrame, yeah. not white, yeah, or, not oh, yes. white. Orange macrame, oh, oh, yes. yeah. And then we had the the white doily multicolored uh, quilted throw pillow in the background there, the neck mirror, the and then you know I probably Terry... would have noticed if it was missing. 
but I didn't notice because I was all just like, right, <laughs> that is a proper late seventies bedroom. That's how yeah. it is. Right, and and then they're 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 chatting, and Terry Gar busts out the uh, the the mini thigh master, the pectoral mini thigh master right. that he starts working out with. Yeah, right. <laughs> now I was watching this with Beth. Beth okay. was next to me yeah. in bed, and she recognized yeah. that as a thing that was yeah. like I don't know. At some point, there's an ad campaign where a woman is doing mm-hmm. it, and she's saying the words, "We must, we must." We must increase our bust. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what that was for. And, okay. and sh- yeah. Terry Gar and John Denver had this brief conversation where he's like, I don't know why you do that. I don't need that. And she was like, yeah. I do it for you. And he says, I love watching you do it or something. Like yeah. there's a whole bunch that goes back and forth real quick. Right. And she they never... does this little, they have this little flirty exchange kind of, yeah. Right, so they yeah. establish that they're cute and they're nice to each other and they're, you know, their marriage seems pretty good. And this is, and we do get a topless Terry Gar, the back of a topless Terry Gar for uh, one, like one frame of the movie as she drops right. the nighty down uh, right. over her, her granny panties. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I admit, I ran, it happened so fast. That I had to go back later after Beth wasn't sitting next to me to be like, what did I see? What did they show me? And you're you're right. There's one frame of granny panties. But, you know, that's that's good in that they leave the rest of the imagination. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and it is Terry Gar in in a nightie, which is, you know. Right. Nothing to balk at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that thing, like, that was so... Did women really wear that? I mean, television made it seem like they all did. Right. Right? Like, that was a thing. I'm trying to think of all the shows that would show that. Like, that was the woman's wear, and it just goes down past the waist, and so it's really kind of teasing, but they never bend over or anything on camera, so you don't... But they're always in this wispy little thing. Yeah. And it was... Yeah, and it's, like, got frills and stuff on it. Right. And, yeah, it was very, very odd uh, costumage. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like I was on a sitcom. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But then, you know, what jarred me, though, was then they're both in bed watching television, and she is using scissors, like big metal non-safety scissors. Yeah, yeah. And he's got a sharpened pencil, and they're both, like, waving them around. It made me physically (laughs) nervous. Like, and you're in bed, right? Don't drop that sharp shit and roll over on it. Like, I don't know if this is my modern anxiety or, like, did it not strike you? Like, you don't do that in bed. You don't have sharp stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It really distracted me. I'm like, I couldn't listen to what they were saying. I'm like, put the scissors down. Yes, right. Well, she's well, but she's she's clipping coupons, right, to show that they're you know frugal. I think food so. People. Yeah. No grocery store discount for the associate manager. They're still clipping coupons. Huh? Still, still clipping cu- coupons. Yeah. And I swear, as John Denver is uh, uh, exiting the scene from the bathroom on his way to the bed, saying, "Let's watch TV. Don't think about the mortgage or anything." Uh, I think he's pitching a tent there. A little, he might be at least at half mass there after giving Terry Gar the the kiss on the sternum. I think he's right. He's he's headed towards the bed and 
it may have just been me. You could, you know, scrub to 230 or so and check it out for yourself. But oh, maybe, I'm going to have to look maybe, for that. Maybe. I mean, can you blame him, right? No, You're a first-time movie actor, right. and you get to do this intimate scene that's with right. Terry Gar. Yeah. You're half-naked yeah. yourself, and she keeps... They do yet another retake of Drop the Nighty, Terry, and you're five feet away. Like, can you uh, avoid the tumescence yeah. there? I don't think you can. Maybe He's only human. Maybe it was just me and my admiration for John Denver, though. So could Right, be. right. Hopefully he's he's packing. Yeah. So then they do introduce the God thing, yes. right? He gets the little note. Yeah. He gets this type note. Thing it's God invites you to an right. interview. Convinced it's or God grants grants you an interview. Plain, no letterhead, just a note on a card that seems too small to go through regular mail. But um, right. But uh, he, they decide it's Artie Coogan probably. Artie Coogan. Cra- crazy yes. Artie. Crazy Artie. <laughs> Pulling another prank. Right. <laughs> Couldn't the spelling be error was a real. It stuck out for me. Yeah. Like, well, it stuck out for them too. It was kind of a, it was, it was a piece of evidence, right? Some kind of clue as to what's going on. It's such a weird thing to do, right? Like, I guess it was the whole way that the writer of this movie decided to write God, which right. is basically like if George Burns were God, he'd have this kind of irreverent humor, yeah, where he has great power, but you know, hey, so I made a mistake, right? Give me a break. That's right is kind of his whole shtick right and that's really i guess in a way it's good they did that because they're like you have to get on board my train right like i'm not necessarily going to give you the god you want right i'm going to give you the god i wanted to show right right but it was weird like if you didn't know i mean you know it's a movie about god right you had to have seen a poster you had to have read the title right so you you know that this is really from god and it's fine john denver and terry gar like they don't realize and they do a good job of playing out like what it would be like to start to interact with god and all the disbelief you'd go through but i don't know that stuck out to me as as jarring maybe it was supposed to although i can't remember what it felt like to watch this movie for the first time yeah but so that's the little intro right he's been invited and then they go to sleep and they cut to him uh, at work the next day, right? Right. Yeah. And at this point, you get another maybe produce manager. Yeah. The district produce manager, which I hope that's not a real job, but <laughs> but on the way to it, they have another one of the like like Carl Reiner's the director here, right? Yeah. And he likes to pack in little things in his scenes, yeah. and so right there's a five second thing where John Denver's on his way in, and he catches the one kid with the checkout girl. Yeah. With his hand up her skirt. <laughs> right. And and he just doesn't skip a beat, blink an eye, he walks by and he's like Wash your hands, Norman. Oh, oh we were just <laughs> <laughs> Right. Because he's yeah. gonna be handling food in a minute. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, and that tells us so much about our hero's character. I guess what's his name? Larry? Uh, Jerry. That's Jerry. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So that tells Jerry, us again Jerry, Jerry is nice. You know, and he's permissive, right? So there's, here's the, the dated thing, right? 70s permissive uh-huh. is going on. Yeah. Which is the perfect contrast for the produce manager, which is David Ogden Steers. David Ogden Steers. <laughs> Fantastic. Also the dad from Better Off Dead. 
There is still one more thing I would like to discuss with Lane. Winchester from MASH is how Winchester I mostly think of him. Winchester from MASH, but, yeah. yeah. Plinger, you don't have to suck up to me. I didn't that, and I don't like you anyway. That was uh, one of his big, big roles, yeah. And wearing a three-piece suit to work on yeah. some produce in the back end of a grocery store. Yeah, yeah. He, the vest and everything. But this is where we get the line that I misremembered. Uh -huh. It is not waxing your cukes. That's right. It is oiling your cukes. Oiling your cukes. Notice you haven't been oiling, oiling your cukes. Oiling your cukes. <laughs> yeah, so that's even kind of more sexual to me, oiling that cuke. But <laughs> we're still going to make it a quote. Your job, faithful listeners, is to use this quote once a day for the next seven days. <laughs> oiling your cukes. Cukes. I noticed. <laughs> if you can't find a way to work cukes. oiling your cuke or cukes into That's a conversation, right. you're not trying yeah. right now. Cukes. And is it really so dishonest to oil your cukes, really? Cukes. I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, I think, how you establish that John Denver is literally a saint. Okay. He's so saintly, uh -huh. he would not rob his customers by oiling his uh -huh. cukes. I see. I think it was key character development moment. Okay. Played for laughs. Yes. David Ogden steers, yeah. but still, right. It's telling you he's a saint. Yeah. And he has to he has to ditch out of the meeting though, sadly, because. Right. Right. The note reappears. Right. Magically. Yeah. And he is kind of freaking out about how that could possibly be. Yeah. But definitely. Which makes him bug out. Go ahead. But the I think yeah because they could, probably could have drawn out the scene with David Ogden steers a little more and gotten some more mileage out of that little interaction there I think because because uh, they were going pretty well with the uh, the Lucky Mart and the last produce manager and 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 the uh, the visual aids of the giant uh, uh, wilted lettuce versus the uh, tiny but perfect lettuce right. yeah yeah. Produce. Right. Produce can have so right. so many I mean, humorous possibilities, some... I think. Yeah, I mean, they only got to, like, two products, right? That's like, right. we should have seen a lot more different produce. <laughs> right. I think stuff was left on the cutting room could floor. Could be, could be, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is David's only scene. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, is that really all his agents signed him up for? Like, no. He had, like, four appearances, yeah. and they cut it for time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because this was a tight movie. This ran, what, hour 30, so, yeah. Boy, was it tight. Yeah. That was, I mean, yeah, so anybody considering watching it, it's an easy watch because yeah. it is that fast. Um, so he, he bugs out to go to the interview, which is in an office building in downtown L.A., and what a parallel parking job. <laughs> Did you see the way they showed off that parallel parking? I didn't actually notice that one. Who stops and films the act of parallel parking? <laughs> <laughs> I I've got a soft spot for Carl Reiner. Okay. I've got to say, right. like, my name is Marty DeBerge. I'm a filmmaker. Who shows him? He's he's on his way to meet God. Yes. Let's stop and watch this parallel right. parking skill, and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's like four inches from the curb, yeah. perfectly even. Doesn't have to read single it. pass. Yeah. Well, single pass, right? And it again shows off the car. So maybe this this reinforces my product placement okay. conspiracy. All right. But then they jump in, and now you finally get some God stuff, right? Because he goes into the interview room 
in this weird office building and they start to give you God signals, Hollywood God signals. There's white everywhere. There's some church-like music, which it morphs into ominous music, but they give you a couple of music cues to give you the God feeling. But then they jump into Charlie's Angels with the Bosley voice box. Bosley voice box. Good morning, Angel. I'm not hooked up to anything. Well, sorry, it's not Bosley. It's Charlie's voice box, right? right? He walks in and there's a voice box in the interview room. Yeah. It is the voice box from Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Good morning, Charlie. There's all the speaker phones in that day. The, that was the only speaker phone that anybody could have. Was, I don't think they made another one. I think that was the only speaker phone. That, that, there weren't 70 choices no no there was just the one there was and there was one phone company too at the time right that's at&t oh all right i guess you're right but to me it it just kicked hard to walking into the charlie's angels office and i half expected him you can put in the charlie's angels good morning angels drop <laughs> yeah. right there good morning <laughs> angels <laughs> You should be writing these down, I think, as you go. Uh, I wrote that one down. You're recording it. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so they walk in, and then you immediately get George Burns' voice, so they don't make you wait anymore. Right. And he he immediately goes into his, the mode he's going to be in the whole time, the friendly folksy, I'm the God Almighty, the big G... Relax. Just, he kind of sets it up, and I do like how, you know, John Denver acts like you would. I think they did a good job thinking, how would you really act if this happened to you? That's right. Yeah, for a while he thinks it's Artie Coogan. They go through a 90-second montage where he realizes he's actually trapped in the building on the 27th floor with no escape unless he talks to this guy. Yeah. Well, it was good. Like, I liked, like, like, how would you test God? Right, you walk in, mm-hmm. somebody tells you they're God. How would you test him? But I like that God lets him like go and check in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Right, like okay, you're doubtful. Like go outside, really fine. I told you there's no 27th floor. Go and check on that fact. Right, right. And he gets to. Yeah. So it adds to the, because you have a non-faith. They establish that he's an atheist, or non-faithful yeah. already. Right. And so, how would you go about convincing somebody? Apparently, you mostly do it with a heavy musical overture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Music was going big <laughs> in this scene. <laughs> you know, and then, the other, although I admit, they do fall into some of the key religious things. Like, he says, why can't I see you? And he says, well, if you see me, you... He says, like, because. And then John Ember says, that's no answer. And God answers, sue me. <laughs> ends ends that conversation. Right. It's like show me. It's like oh okay. So some questions I'm not going to bother answering for for you, but yeah. um, Although then you know it's not very much later you do get to see him. So that was sort of odd. Right. Right. Well, he doesn't uh, want to bring it all at once. I guess. Right. Yeah, I guess so. And he says, yeah, he says, trust me, like it says on the money. <laughs> right, right. There's so many lines, like, I didn't even write them all down, but he gets a ton of stuff, some of which made it kind of dated. They start giving you the, the I guess, the liberal messages at the time, right? Right. Tobacco right. is bad. Right. And, 
you know, sort of talking about why God is here is, you know, things aren't but, going very well. But then so were avocados and ostriches. So, you know, you <laughs> yeah. gotta, you gotta what? what was the agenda here? I don't understand. What? <laughs> yeah. What? I think that's just some, straight comedy writing. Some, yeah, some messages they're pushing, you know, in order to have a relatability and a uh, kind of empathy and then other ones they're just throwing in there for to piss off all the ostrich lovers out there you know right right <laughs> i hate avocados so i was fine with them being declared a big mistake by god that's okay with me avocados from mexico but ostriches i don't have anything against so i was a little taken aback <laughs> and um and the avocados does work its way back later too yeah, yeah, that does, excellent that does play effect. back. It makes him look yeah. like an idiot. Yeah. Although it, that is for comedy, right? I think they're playing it for yeah. comedy so that yeah. you have enough stuff to laugh at because otherwise right. it's kind of a serious slash like squishy, mushy, feel-good movie. Like, right. can't we all just get along? Yeah, yeah. Right. It's hard to carry even 90 minutes of, can't we just get along? Right. It'd be nice. Right. Which is kind of the underlying message. Yeah, yeah. Which is nice, but do you buy a movie ticket to hear that? No, no. No, you, you need an ostrich joke in there. <laughs> so I like how he got some good stuff in, like, John Denver complains, like, I'm not really religious. Right. Um, like, I don't belong to any church. God says, neither do I. Ooh, like, good. That's when they start first throwing down the, the poignant stuff. Um, and right. digs at organized religion, right. of which there you are many. Pointing out the faith and religion are not necessarily one and the same, yeah. Right, religion is easy. We need more faith. Mm. Although he doesn't, so then I was worried, you know, whether it was going to go into the, like, the key problem is people not willing to go on faith when that wasn't the key problem it was more of people not willing to be nice to each other they need a little faith in general like in humanity yes but not he wasn't like it, it wasn't a requirement god wasn't saying first believe in me then be good to each other he was just saying be good to each other so i was a little worried he was going to be like oh you can't have step two without step one but they didn't play it that way no. So another reason why I was able to relax and enjoy the movie, like I had my hackles up a little bit, like because I'm an atheist, definitely. Like, how much of a push is this that, as a viewer, I have to calm down and believe in God and reestablish my faith to be a nice person coming out of this movie? Like, no, actually, you could leave it to yourself to decide how you felt about God, but decide whether you were going to be nice and get along with people and not ruin the planet that's what the movie asked of you right right and and i'm all good with that <laughs> that's very mature of you <laughs> yeah thank you thank you being okay with like us getting along <laughs> um <laughs> what's so funny about that that is one of my f friends used to say it's very phallocratic of you it's very <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Uh, 
uh, Dionysius, a friend of mine from grad school. Oh, wow. Nice. He was Greek. I think he invented that term himself, phallocratic. Did he? Yeah. Okay. I like to think he did. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe you can get audio of him directly and do an audio (laughs) It's Maybe, or maybe we I'd could like just, that. or maybe we could just cut out this entire segment entirely. We could, we could, we could move, we could move it on, because, because they they move to the fun part. The car again features importantly because he gets out of the office building and he's in the car and God That's starts right. talking to him through the radio. Through the radio that so, hasn't worked yet. Top ten time on KGOD. Right. What is it, Jerry? And. You get the first utterance of "Oh God!" Oh by, God! By Jerry, which he does a couple of times, which yeah. is played for laughs. I thought you didn't believe in me. You're telling him he has to spread the word and tell people, and that is sure as hell uncomfortable. Yes, right. Like, I hate proselytizing. Most of us hate proselytizing right. or shrink away. I mean, yeah. hate is a strong word, but like, very few people actually want to be anywhere near someone who's darts with that friendly religious smile yeah and they're spreading their word and you're like oh my god oh god haha <laughs> to be asked to do this and uh so that's good i mean they set up that's important right that like is he supposed to go door to door or you know like uh, <laughs> yeah this is rough um and then he puts in a thing as an astrophysicist he's i had to take note where he was like uh, they're saying things about me I don't like, like I'm just gas or particles. Right. I found that very insulting, yeah. he says. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, that's not what we astrophysicists said. We just said the whole universe is gas and particles, and it, right. understanding it does not require a supernatural phenomena. We didn't say God is made of particles. Yeah. <laughs> So, I just had to say that. So I felt very insulted. So, let's see. He starts to tell you some of the rules of the game. It's not that interesting. Like, you won't be able to record my voice. I'm only going to talk to one person. He he says he did the same thing with Moses, which is sort of cute. But, And I guess we're supposed to believe that he's sort of talking to John Denver through his mind. He's not physically there making sound waves. Right. Because that's why you can't record him on tape or anything. Yeah, he's just communicating in a way that he can understand him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're really interested in this and want to make for yourself a picture of how does God work and how could he do this, they do a pretty self-consistent thing, right? They set up some rules for how this works and yeah. they follow them. And, you know, it's pretty fun. Right. Which... You know, they give you they give you answers to most of the first questions you would object to. Right. They give you answers to most, which is I think good movie making, right? You can't leave the first ten objections from your viewer like unanswered, right? Or they stop paying attention, yeah, and they go that's stupid. Um, but then he has to so if the, the, the and they play it like they should. He has to go talk to Terry. He has to talk to his wife. Yes, <laughs> and. <clears throat> pretty good stuff right like she's a believer in god and he's not but like anybody she'd think he's crazy that's right she suggests they go on a vacation you know first offers him some fresh chicken soup that's right 
<laughs> right. Can, and can we just talk about her outfit yeah. here for a second? Because <laughs> <laughs> please, she had this bold horizontal striped long sleeve shirt. Honey, you uh, look amazing. And, uh, Cute, gorgeous, gorgeous, right? <laughs> to fit in all the stripes, I think it needed to be long sleeve. You know, because there were these brown yeah. shoulders, gray with blue nested stripes, big red band, a green, yellow, black beige yellow green bands with brown cuffs a white collar and a blue apron over everything that's oh. gorgeous on you honey honey <laughs> so this is why people say that the 70s had such horrible clothes because i think terry gar is an objectively beautiful woman yeah. and she's made to not look good <laughs> And this wasn't a crazy outfit. This was a normal no, outfit, was... and it makes her not look right, good. Right, <laughs> kind of like that. Right. This is a scene where it's hard to enjoy gazing at Terry Gar because of those fucking stripes. <laughs> <laughs> crazy horizontal stripes. Yes. Anyway. Although it's pretty easy to start, I think, gazing lovingly at John Denver, right? He's easy yeah, on the eyes. Yeah, sure. But he's just wearing his work uniform the whole movie, so, you know, it's not really... But he makes it look doesn't... good. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? That big John Denver smile, except when he's yelling. He's... Well, I'm there's... saying he started to get to there's me. There's a little bit of yelling and voice raising in this scene, which is uncomfortable, too, I think. That's true. Which is supposed to be. It's supposed to be, I think. Because, you know, it is. she's trying to get it, trick him into going to see his uh, his sister, his brother-in-law so he can, uh, you know... Who's a child you know, psychiatrist, right. Right, right. Right, because she's Which, heard hearing voices, supernatural-like right. hallucinations, right? I mean, you'd that's be right. concerned. That's right. And, you know, it struck me that this is, uh, I think, the third movie we've reviewed where we have uh, a crazy person or someone who is uh, disbelieved. <laughs> right, seeing things that nobody else believes, right? So we've got Pete's Dragons, Pete's Dragons. and we've got... Wait, we Blue didn't Thunder. watch Mac and Me together. Oh, what did, what did people see that people don't believe in Blue Thunder? Blue Thunder, he was just crazy. He checks his sanity with a wristwatch. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Here goes the whisper mode. Whisper mode. That's a check. But yes, people are questioning his sanity because of his behavior. Yeah. That's right. Right. So we've got a pattern. <laughs> but, you know, all that, like, self-help analyze yourself st stuff was big in the late 70s, right? Okay. Yeah. There was Could a be. lot of... I think a lot of self-analysis going on. Yeah, a lot of doctors publishing books and stuff, yeah. Right, right. I bet most Hollywood executives had an analyst, therapist, an alrobist. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did you catch my reference there? No, what was that one from? An alrobist? Yeah. That's combination analyst therapist if it was one sure job right. it would be anal rapist if pronounced yes. wrong right. that was I from um, arrested, arrested development, development. Oh, okay all right did you not watch arrested oh. development i do i guess i don't know it that well you've you've bested me on the arrested that development was, who's quote. the who's the yeah. bald guy who was married to tobias tobias yeah, tobias 
Tobias, that's David one of his does. jobs. David so he says, I'm an... Yeah, he says, I'm an anarchist. And, you know, they say, what? And he holds out his business card. And so you can clearly read the word. <laughs> I'm hoping the universe provides a path for me. <laughs> Which is spelled anal rapist. <laughs> yes. It's just awesome moment. So, so anyways, where was I? <laughs> Cut all that out. <laughs> so, I don't know if he, if he does a good job convincing Terry, but he... He kind of has the first conversation they have to have. Right. And he, he closes it with, uh, yeah, what else did God say? Oh, he said he's very disappointed in avocados. Right. Wait, avocados right. from so, Mexico. Yeah. So Bring that, that one back. Yeah, way to come around. I mean, there's definitely stand-up comic fingerprints on this. Okay, so then he's in the shower. So we get another really intimate scene with John Denver. Right, we get to see his ears. Yes, despite the hair. I mean, that's <laughs> I don't know intimate. if we'd see his ears at any other time. Certainly that's not right. on any of his album covers. <clears throat> no. Yeah, so, um, and then God is there in the bathroom. Of course gets in yes. the line like, you don't have anything I haven't seen. That's right. I don't know why I thought we need shame. <laughs> Which I think ignores a huge amount of social sociology and shame. psychological development. Like, there's a bunch shame. of reasons we have shame. <laughs> right, right. Shame. <laughs> we shame. just ride right over that. That was a little mistake of shame. God's. Yeah. So that was another message, shame. which is we should all feel comfortable being naked shame. in front of each other, I guess. That's, That's I the guess underlying so. thing there. Like, yeah. like chill shame. out. Like, right. the Hollywood producers inviting women to get in their hot tub with no bathing suit are like, see? That's right. God wants this. <laughs> That's right. Sass the naked guy. Remember the naked guy? Yeah. Isn't that what he was all about? You know, just just put it out there. What's the big deal? Just... <laughs> he was, He didn't ask anybody else to be naked, but he no. wanted to be naked himself. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I saw him he, on campus would, many times. We were contemporaneous. He would throw a loincloth on occasionally in lecture or something, though, wouldn't he? Something like that? I don't know. Or was he just naked no. the whole time? No? Okay. Oh, just naked the whole time. <laughs> he had a backpack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Carry his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he was just walking, walking, walking in there. I don't think I had a class with him. Okay. But I, like, saw him... He walked by me on the same in front of Sproul okay. or came into a building as I was coming out yeah. of it a couple of times. Yeah. No, I, think I saw I, him on the streets of Berkeley. I saw him at an animation festival one time, I think, yeah, when I was up oh, there. Oh, okay. Yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah. Quite a thing. Yeah. No shame. Um, shame. No shame. No shame at all. So God's happy with the naked guy. Shame. Uh, and when, now we get the reveal of George Burns. He appears That's right. in person in the bathroom. Yeah. In my bathroom? Come take a look. And he looks... Not uh, not what you expected, huh? Exactly, you know, like George Burns. Yes. I mean, what, what am I like, trying to say here? It's a very comfortable George Burns George outfit. George Burns, that's right. No cigar, but everything else is the same. No cigar, right? Playing an old guy who doesn't care how he looks. That's right. With the fishing hat and the comfy clothes. Like, yeah. he's wearing proper old guy clothing. Right, right. 
And he's got those glasses. Yeah. I do love George Burns. And he and he asks John Denver to carry the ball. And John Yes. John John Denver says I got no ball. How can I carry it? <laughs> Which I just thought was a funny yeah, line. Yeah, that maybe was. No <laughs> it was awkward. You know, was... Well, and you're standing there naked too. Yeah, it's awkward. Right, right. But he's he's God tells him also to you know sometimes doing something normal will make you feel normal and so try shaving and then he cuts himself shaving right yeah right yeah. god has the wisdom with the don't wet the toilet don't paper. Wet although who wets the, the toilet paper i never even considered wetting the toilet paper like you just get a dry piece of toilet i don't know they were trying to make god look smart there but yeah so and and by the way i don't know how many takes they did but john denver was completely clean shaven when he begins shaving <laughs> well you know it's... his face was as smooth as his chest yeah yeah it was more the exercise of yeah that's true when was uh, he maybe he shaved before he got in the shower or something i don't know there's, or this was take eight there's a and he really there's a shaved. few continuity things in this i think that you could probably pick out but show me yeah you can let it go yeah let it go. It's God. God already shaved um, them. So. Yeah. I mean, they. So he makes some more points about what he wants. You know, he answers some questions like, why do you allow all the suffering? Well, actually, I don't permit it. You do. He right. explains that he's the kind of God. Right? And theologists debate this, right? Well, um, he's the kind of God who's not in it for the details, right? He sort of started us off. Right. And where do we go? Um, he could do miracles. He says he doesn't do miracles, except sometimes he does. Right. Like the 69 Mets. 69 Mets, apparently, were the last miracle so, after the parting of the Red joke Sea. Joke I don't get. Yeah. But I assume the Mets had a cub-like, Cubs-like drought yeah. and they won in 69, right, right. and there was much rejoicing. I could give a shit about the Mets, but <laughs> I guess that was the, the first miracle since the parting of the Red right, Sea. Right, right. So... So, I don't know. I guess it's a New Yorker joke, and you yeah. got to throw in some for the New York crowd, right? Right. Forget about it. Um, they explain some other things, like, did it really take six days? Well, one of my days is not like yours. That's a thing long explained. Right. You know, yeah. little literalists. And then he basically says, you can choose to love each other or kill each other. So he gives that message again. And then he gives the environmental message. Right. Mixed up a little bit with intelligent design. Yeah, in there, yeah, that was. Uh, I didn't like that. Like it was a little muddled. I was, scratch. I was a little disappointed. Yeah, in the uh, the muddling of the. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like oh, actually, the fossil record shows fish weren't made from scratch. Right. Like, right. doesn't mean you can't have created the universe. Right. I can't disprove that, but you didn't create like which. Oh, are you trying to say you created Earth 7,000 years ago, or 100, or what? Like, which which thing are you guys... But they, they don't go into it, but right. he throws that out. Yeah. And then, then they go, you know, this follows... Then he shows his card, which says, if you need proof, show them my card, which says, right. God. Yes. That goes along with a little piece of paper with interview on it, like... Right. Carl Reiner has a thing for, like, little printed pieces of paper 
<laughs> Maybe they hold too much significance. Maybe he thinks that paper in general is just, you know, too 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 important for what it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's ahead of his time, right? Like now, there's so little on paper that paper is a little more special. Like right. it would stick out redone in 2018. Yeah. And contracts and such are not so... You just click yes to agree, right? Accept right. the terms and right. conditions. <laughs> right. I mean, I click. saw... I have a digital copy of my signature now on my computer. I don't even... Yeah. I don't even have to print a form to sign it anymore. Yeah. So, he was ahead of his time. Ahead of his time. <laughs> All right. So, Jerry has to go... He has a good scene next where he goes to the newspapers, right? Okay, so the message was to go with mass media. So he yes. doesn't have to go door to door. No, no. He goes straight to the L.A. Times. Yeah. And is that... It's Jer uh, who's, the, who's the newspaper reporter? George Firth. George Firth is Mr. Briggs, and he's got this Bob Newhart-like delivery that's just fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Bob Newhart, totally. Yeah. Don't know how to break the news to Larry, Daryl, and Daryl. And when <laughs> the moment, the real moment I love is John Denver starts to establish his nuttiness. And yeah. so they show the reporter pick up the letter opener. <laughs> the letter opener and put, and put it in the drawer. <laughs> Let me just put this sharp object away. <laughs> and he's doing that remain calm. Don't, don't right. incite the crazy guy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> humoring him emphatically yeah. humoring him yeah yeah so i like that so he makes his first good try with the newspaper reporter uh and then he he uh goes back to work yeah and then god meets uh, him and pages him in the aisle there. right right he appears in the aisle he tricks him when some other women come up and suddenly turns into a large black woman that's right. Which was awkward. I had a little flicker of PC going off. Like, uh -huh. why did he choose a younger black woman who was pretty notably overweight as what he would switch to for his disguise? Like, is that the opposite of God? Hmm. He couldn't just stay an old white guy with a fishing cap? but not announce he's God? Like, why right. did he have to do that? Like, it embarrassed John Denver, but just, well, anyways, that was a weird moment. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little odd. Uncredited, by the way, that, that role. <laughs> yeah, uncredited, right. Well, she doesn't get a line. <laughs> yeah, but, but unlike uh, a young Clyde K Kusatsu who uh, is the supermarket employee, also uncredited, but but uh, he's he's done a lot of work. He's another one of the, the that guys, you know? He oh, was, he's awesome. He was in, uh, I don't know if you remember the movie Volunteers, if you ever saw that movie with Tom Hanks and, uh, oh, um, and his wife-to-be, Rita Wilson. Um, but he plays the, uh, the, 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 uh, the Communist Party uh, gen field general that's out there nice. talking about driving the people's trucks, spreading the people's word until we run out of the people's gas. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Ooh, that sounds familiar. I think you quoted me that before. Now, wasn't he also one of the detectives on Barney Miller? Uh, no, I don't think that was the guy. I might might be confusing him for another Asian American, which is offensive on my part. He was in MASH a few times, though, I think, yeah. Oh, MASH, definitely. Okay. I think that's where I saw him from. So they got a couple of MASH alumni in here. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the grocery store bit was really just to get a couple more one-liners from George Burns and to make a comment about chemicals in the food, right? Right. Which was also a 70s thing, like, look at all the junk in this. That's right. Which is back with us today. The evil of processed things and additives is... <laughs> God, I'm tired of that advice. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I've got a joke for you. You ready? Okay, yeah. Okay, so you're in a conversation. This is when you use this. This is whenever you're talking to people about, like, oh, it's hard to have a good diet and stuff, so... What I say is, if it's going to be all rice crackers and kale from here on out, I'm going to stop wearing my seatbelt. <laughs> you can put in a snare drum right there for me. <laughs> Shame. Now, I would like the record to show that you were taking a drink of water just at the moment where I was hoping for a So chuckle. I should have gone on the... Well, you it wasn't the spray worthy of a spit out there. take. I yeah. admit, but I'm not saying it was spit take worthy. I'm okay. just saying, like, I bet I would have gotten. Could have been chuckle. milk. I could have had a maybe a milk out the nose, maybe <laughs> a little trick trickle, right. a little trickle trickle of yeah. milk out the nose there. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good on radio. Everybody loves the milk through the nose on radio. <laughs> <laughs> It plays well. It's relatable. Everyone. It's like it's one of the first bits they ever did on radio. Yeah. Um, so they get quickly, fortunately, back in the car. And now we get some fun stuff where um, where he gets given proof now. Yes. Like he asks for proof and right. God makes it rain in the car rain in the car and not it wasn't a dazzling effect really it looked like a guy in the back seat with a uh, uh, a, a sprayer a garden hose sprayer that's just right. shoot, shooting right. it up into the front seat there but but we are convinced uh, as moviegoers that it's raining inside the car just as it would well, outside be, be, because of John Denver's reaction and acting that's right. he's so yeah. excited and you that's know right. I would be too, right? Like, as an atheist, I have to say, if God came down and then started to show me via miracles that he was, in fact, like, this would be really exciting stuff. Yeah. This would be fun. I mean, this would be wow. Right. And so he does. He has, like, we'd all love to get proof of God. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. So he gets it. He gets it. Like, he's the first human I ever heard of who really got, well, sorry, the modern human. Who really got proof? I mean, I guess yes. if you believe the At Bible, least in the but 70s, there are several yeah. instances. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's people who got proof, but yeah, he he gets it. So, 70s human gets proof of God. Pretty fun stuff. And then they get a slow scene with a cop who must be really high on 70s marijuana <laughs> because he pulls him over and then lets him go yes. despite some 
funky shit going down in the pacer. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> like he had just driven out of a pond or something in this pacer, yeah. <laughs> so he makes up one answer water, for yeah. his radiator. Yeah. Not and enough the cop water. Cleverly deduces that's, that's right. not gonna hold water. Right. <laughs> can you can you get another snare drum in there for me? <laughs> And then, Shame. And then he says, "Oh, I must have gone through a car wash with my windows open." Car the wash. The, that's right. The way the cop nods and it's like, "Yeah, I guess that would do uh, it." I'd do it. Okay then, and walks <laughs> off. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, but I've been pulled over by the cop a few times. Conversations don't end like no, that. No, no. Didn't even check his license <laughs> and registration, really. Yeah, didn't even... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know what, though? I admit, they explain it away. They explain it away. God says, I put an aura of goodness about you. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you know, there's a bunch of ways, I had to admit, where the movie pays it off. There's a thing where you're like, wait, that's not right. But then they actually explain it. You just have to wait more than one beat. Maybe that's being a modern moviegoer. I want my explanation, like, within a half second. Or they've explained beforehand. And instead, they explain afterwards here sometimes. Yeah. But, but they do. So then he has to go back, and now he really has to convince his family. And it's actually not comedic. It's This is a serious section of the movie where it really would be like, if this happened to you, what would it be like to convince your wife and your kids? And how would they react? Right. Um, yeah. So there's some serious stuff, but it and is it's a, nicely it's a, broken it's, up by seeing the. It's a two Oli okay. conversation too. I don't know if you noticed that. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's not just. He finishes that's one. That's right. And cracks open another one. It's that kind of conversation. Whoever the artisans are, they got to be I doing meant, something yeah, right. I meant to. I meant to note that he's an Oli drinker. So. Yeah. You think this stuck in our minds that. You know, the saints drink only we should too. <laughs> it's the water. St. John here. I'm going to call him St. John. St. John. <laughs> and then the, the conversation continues on into the bedroom, right? Where, right. Where, where um, Terry Gar's in a uh, sky blue teddy, I think. Her blue nighty, my notes say, yeah. Terry's blue nighty, pretty fun. Yeah. But it's offset. She brings the high heat with the tearage, I think, you know, in this conversation. She here. does. It's a pretty, pretty impactful uh, conversation That's uh, uh, where she says that I believe that you believe, which is the same as believing, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that one is a it's thinker like, it's right like there. It's she's, like she's giving in, kind of, you know. It's like there's, you know, what can what can I do? You know, we're married and we're in love, and so I gotta just back you up on this, even though it's completely ridiculous. <laughs> right. I mean, and that's interesting. Like, would you do that for your spouse at that point? Right. Like, that's uh, ooh, tough ask. Yeah. You yeah. know? I mean, I think it would depend on what they were doing or asked to do but they're making a great point like he's already putting at risk his job and stuff yeah. and it's really uncomfortable you know so these are real things it's one thing if your spouse says i want to believe in you know 
not eating meat or having a smoothie every day made out of what kale right. or, or that avocados are one of god's like, great mistakes yeah right or ostriches, or ostriches. <laughs> the avocado ostrich smoothie <laughs> if that's what you believe in in the morning i can still love you but when you start talking about losing your job now we may have to have a real conversation so i mean they get into it but then the um the newspaper has gotten picked up by the TV news, and things really get started. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and um, he makes the news enough that he gets called into the corporate offices to meet yes. Kit. Kit, this is probably my favorite scene in the movie here, uh, going oh, to yeah? Mr. Summers' office. Because, um, yeah, he's just... Uh, What's that guy's name? W- Will- manager, William the... William Daniels. You just asked me that. William Daniels. Yes, William Daniels as George Summers. Just spectacular performance, comedic performance. He he sits down right, and he loosens up. I don't know yeah. if you notice. He does a little loosening up as he <laughs> yeah. gets into his seat. Yes. <laughs> right. Stand back, Sonny, and, and watch me The conversation's just fantastic because he kicks in with the, you know, he's like, how's the wife and kids, you know? So what's it with this god crap, right. you know? And then he says, I've I've, I've heard it all in this chair. I've seen what... I've, heard, I, I've, yeah. sorry, I've seen what being a manager can do to Even a man. <laughs> That's the... Yeah, wait, before the next line, which is really important, I just want to stop on that one. What a line. Like, this is a couple of years out from Vietnam, right? right? So you could say, like, I've seen what being a prisoner of war or killing civilians in Vietnam can do to a man, but I've seen what being a produce manager Being a manager. A man. That's right. Well, no, he was the assistant yeah, the manager. the pain that we should all feel... The- of management. The, man, the main, the supermarket manager is on vacation, and so the assistant manager has stepped up into the role of supermarket manager here, right? So this is like right. the big time. Which is a lot. That's right. It's the whole shebang right. that he's in it's charge kinda of. It's kind of like going on point for a sortie in <laughs> Vietnam, right. you know, <laughs> when word is the VC are out in force. He, like, it's pretty much the same thing. Says, I've heard it all in this chair. I know what being a manager can do to a man. Trouble with the books. Humping checkout girls in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, which, so definitely... to which Jerry responds, I'm only the assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of a question like, can I hump the checkout girls? Well, not from St. John, but, you know, the rest of says, us. Like, you can tell me. You can tell me <laughs> So that line was so good. Beth and I, Beth definitely picked up on that line. I paused it so we could laugh. And Beth's reaction was, it's like war. <laughs> Being a man, like... Witnessing humping checkout girls in the freezer? Yeah, that was hurt. There's a lot going on in that. So that's the casual, like, older guy in the 70s, right? right. Is a product of the 50s. That's right. I mean, just a middle-aged right. guy, right? 
So his norms are like, sure, like young female employees are girls who are, if you could have sex with them, you right, would. Right. That's just normal, <laughs> right? That's just, don't worry about any Easy. other modern notions. Uh, like, sure. Yes. That's just a problem, like a stress issue for managers, not right. like he's, a huge violation. He's being, of, to, he's yeah. being tolerant. He's exercising his, his liberal tolerance here of, you know, things and right. understanding of, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> it's a great moment. And then, it's a great scene. Yes, and then he goes on to start spouting about Lowell, Lowell Wilson, the primary shareholder and founder of Food World. And now he's had yeah. prayer breakfasts and asked for God blessings with the Joint Chiefs of Staffs right in the war room of the Pentagon and raises a cocked eyebrow <laughs> right when <laughs> Which really next leads to this to a lot portrait, of next to this painted portrait of the man, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's in his office for some reason. It's like in his office, he has this giant portrait of the founder of Food World. Is this a grocery store chain or like, or Halliburton or something? Right. What's going on? Right, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> Well, he'd be happy to know that his prayers are heard. And it's like, he's reached the point in his life where he's sh he can be sure that his prayers are heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, so St. John is a good foil for all of these other actors. Because yeah. he's just earnest and honest. Right. And he says what he should say in that moment. But it's a beautiful, <laughs> you know, place. For, for these other guys to do their thing. Yeah. So yeah. So I thought I thought that William Daniels' performance was just fantastic. There, that was just. Yeah, and he only gets the one scene also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was great. I mean, they got told like, "Here's your shot." Right. Do it. Right. Never did he get such lines in as the voice of Kit, right? Well, he didn't have he, he got no FaceTime as the voice of Kit, so you know. No, he got no FaceTime. So yeah. He had to do it all via voice, right. which I thought he did well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I am the voice of Night Industry 2000's microprocessor. He got some good stuff on Saint Elsewhere. Okay. He got to be this this wise asshole. Right. Um, and uh, he got some poignant stuff show but but he, they didn't really have him do comedy so much so it was nice to see this yeah was good yeah yeah so he keeps getting pushed by god to keep going for it you know he's like i might lose my job hey save the world lose a job not a bad deal right. he's starting to push him towards the like what's the story right at the start of the bible is it isaac and jacob who's the father who has to sacrifice his son at the altar oh yeah sounds right yeah here's my I think Isaac, great biblical knowledge is Isaac the son yeah yeah right well there is such a story forgive me for not remembering it but like he's pushing him towards that right you know when God asks you what right. would you sacrifice right. especially if he tells you it's for a reason that's right that's right um so you know they're raising the stakes some which is good, right? It'd be, it would be a weaker movie if nothing was at stake. 
attempting to spread God's message. Yeah. If you, like, didn't need a job or weren't in danger of losing it and you didn't have a family to embarrass, it would be lower stakes. Right, right. And he drinks more Oli here, so you know it's serious. That's right. Here's the RT. Right. Oh, this is the, yeah, this is the, the two Oli conversation, right? Mr. Summers represents food world, and God is with world world. It's a slightly bigger obligation. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, you need a beer when you're saying that kind of thing. <laughs> you're getting into the heavy stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had some of our heaviest philosophical conversations over Oli, didn't we? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I got, got a great drop from a schlong album or two right here probably you can get <laughs> yeah maybe an Oli commercial olympia beer is the winner <laughs> well you know what is there do they say it's the water at some point or is that just written on the can? it's just written on the is there can a voice for you know, that? they they start talking about how the effect that shotgunning has on our society <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Okay. I started nodding my head. Right, no. Right. When did they do that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's definitely on the what, either the essential or unessential schlong. I forget which one. Whoop! Hold on a second. All right. That music. Could you hear that? Yes. That means it is time for my fitness challenge. Okay. So we are going to have to take a one-minute break while I do my fitness challenge. Okay, should we stop the recording and then come back in? Nah, let it okay. roll. Okay, all right. I'm going to take a potty break okay. at this opportunity then. Okay. okay. Yeah, we wouldn't want to have to resync. You can do it!
back to your regularly scheduled programming. Okay. Fitness challenge. <laughs> impressive. Most impressive. I think that's the highlight. Could you hear that's it? That's the highlight of the podcast right there, I think. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I look forward to listening to that one again. Um, so, in the movie, he's been picked up enough that he gets on the Dinosaur Show. Right. Which was an excuse for Carl to get himself on that's film right. here. Yep. Yeah. As Dinah's guest, good. yeah. Yeah. Um, now, the Dinah thing, I mean, they play it... It's probably pretty realistic, right? That's probably what they would have done, is... They would have got him on. She pretends to be sincere when she's totally playing for right. laughs, and they set him up with the stupid sketch artist, so she can do the deadpan, like, here right. we go, God, yes. as seen by Larry yeah. from Tarzana. Right, like, it's so annoying, you know. You wanted him to say, that's not important. You know, God it chose to appear in a form I could handle as a human. It clearly doesn't matter how he looks, but it's it's probably realistic what they would do. So it's annoyingly realistic. Um, so that's sort of the, we're in the pain part of the yeah, movie, right? Yeah, Kids are embarrassed, he to, yeah. He's going through the, the trials. Yeah. Um, you do get the fun scene where he comes back home and the media circus is really happening. Yes. <laughs> we get a facepalm from Bobby, actually, too, while they're watching the, the show. <laughs> Which was, I Who, thought, was his a nice son, impression. right? Who's the kid? Uh, I forget what the kid's name was, but Bobby's his wife. Terry Gar, yeah. Uh, does the facepalm. Oh, yeah. oh, from Terry yeah. Gar. Okay, she does the facepalm. Yeah. yeah. That was good. Um, yeah, but then. <laughs> so. Although here, he, here's where your 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 product placement kind of breaks down a little because his car is at the garage, right? And he needs to get a part in for it, and it's broken down. So. Well. It was filled with 200 gallons of water. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> They say just a part. I was thinking, like, don't you mean completely, like, cleaned out and redone because of the tremendous, like, there should have been a thing where the guy's like, what, you drive into a river? Right, right. Like, yeah. how did you yes, do this? right. <laughs> but the engine compartment's dry, but what the right, hell? <laughs> right, Everything's shorted out in the cabin for some reason. Yeah. So I'm saying, just saying, like, you could forgive that as an amc pacer potential buyer you're like it's pretty reliable as long as dot god doesn't come to you and start a thunderstorm inside yes all right inside although actually you're right he does say the radio had been broken for months yeah that's true that's not good um well i wanted to comment that when they get to the house it's the media circus scene where a normal person's become famous, so there's a ton of people on their lawn. Yeah. And that always bugs the shit out of me whenever they do this in movies, right? It's some <coughs> nice person, and people are on their lawn. And I'm like, that is private property. Get off my lawn. Yeah. You can be a mob on the sidewalk. 
but they never see like they always show like it's not just crazy people right but it's like reporters employed people for a company like crawling through brush and pushing windows right like that's a felony that's felony trespassing and destruction of property where are the police saying you don't live here stay on the sidewalk they just let them come right up to the door I want the same protection, the same protection that you give old David Weidman over there. Right, right. Oh, it makes me crazy. Well, you know, they need it as part of the story, I think. And also to get in a few more laughs with the uh, give me your golden rod. And uh, God, <laughs> God said it's staff, okay. I think. Staff, God I think. said it's give okay. <laughs> Is, is St. John packing a golden staff? That's <laughs> a genuine article right there. That was nice. That was nice. She was credited. I didn't write her name down, but it had her in the credits. So, but I, they move it right along. They move it right along, right? He's gotten all this media attention. So now the theologians set, it, set in, step in. The churches yeah. are like, fine. Right. You know, we have to, as the church, if someone says God has appeared on earth, right, That that's, this is our lane. Yeah. We're, we're, you're in our lane, so we <clears throat> right. will address it. Which is quite a scene, and with a bunch of character actors around the table. Yeah, Paul Sorvino, young Paul Sorvino as the evangelist. Paulie. Really, really kind Paulie. of steals the scene, I think. Oh. He's a good owner. It is really neat to see Paul Sorvino doing this. I mean, he's painful and embarrassing. Like, the other right. theologians are uncomfortable around him. That's right. But, I mean, I don't disagree he's, with the portrayal. There's he's got this kind of, of like this kind of John Goodman from uh, Big Lebowski quality about him, you know, where he's just kind of like, you know, you just automatically don't really like the guy you know right just and there's the uncontrolled rage right under the surface right right <laughs> <laughs> so he's dangerous right you're afraid of him right yeah. son Too. this is what happens when you fuck a stranger yeah. in the ass and there's malice uh, yeah masked with that sickly smile right <clears throat> so i do like that they came up with a quiz yeah in aramaic Yes. So that was, again, like the realism. Like, what would people do? Be like, okay, like, if you've really talked to God or have access to God, like, let's give some tests. Like, God would have no problem reading Aramaic, right? So that's a good, simple test. Right. And then let's let's have the big questions in life answered, oh, which was kind of cool because he gives answers, and some of them, again, this is where they're kind of nicely self-consistent, right? Like, they don't give you a confirmation that the King James version of the Bible is the perfectly accurate one or that somebody else's is. Right. But they um, they don't sort of knock them out of the park. Yes, Cleveland wins the pitch! They kind of leave it to like, look, the fact of the matter is people have decided what they want to say religion is. I more started you all off. I don't know, I guess as I say that, though, right, um, most Christians, especially fundamentalist ones, believe that the Bible is the literal word of God. 
right? And it's really important to interpret a lot of the scriptures directly, literally, as like commandments and lessons and words from God. But not all other religions subscribe to that or think that that is the one book or a holy book or that the translation is right, right? So that could be an answer like, are these your words? Right, right. Or like, how much of this is your words? Right, right. right. We didn't get that answered at all. Right. Right, and that would be kind of an important one. They simplify it though, right? Yeah. They say, which of the major religions is the closest or the best? Right, right. The closest to the, the truth. And what does he say to that? And he, he says, says like, the heart is wherein all truth resides. Right. So that's solid, yeah. right? That's the God answer. Right. So he really says none. Right. And and true, you know, religion ought to be something that's inside you mm -hmm. and a relationship between you and God. Although I do feel like the polytheism is left in the cold here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think all belief systems are. I mean, do the Wiccans feel represented? Mm. They have hearts, sure. <laughs> true, true. And he avoids the Jesus question with a nice one. Jesus yeah. was my son. Yeah. So was everyone else. Right. Ah, uh, nice one. Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> although, I really, I although think... he says, so is the guy who charged eleven dollars for a steak. How? Do... Well, I guess God knows he's a guy. That's, but at the same time. <laughs> Didn't necessarily have to be. Yeah. I guess. No. It's God. So he already knew. Aha. Uh -huh, right. They got they you. Got it's me. God. They he got knows me. who it was. Uh -huh. He could have said the girl, but he didn't. Right. Or the woman. Yeah. <laughs> In this case, it happens to be a man. It happens to be a man. He got me. Back off. PC police. Nice try. You can't blame a guy. Can't get that one to can't stick. Can't blame a guy for trying. Besides, right, I'm, we have so many PC. <laughs> I feel I'm the non-PC counterpart here, anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, is that your role? I oh shit! No, <laughs> I'm definitely less versed in the in the current norms of PC dom way out here in in mom's base in mom's you basement. Taught me PC. <laughs> You taught me PC. Like, when you went off to UC Santa Cruz, you guys were on the forefront. Like, Berkeley was, like, retro PC and had fallen behind. We were not up. Yeah. We weren't using the right slang. I didn't know how to say bra properly. <laughs> I had to go... I had to drive 90 minutes over Highway 17 to find out that you refer to each other as bra. Well, yeah. What was the phrase? What the hell is it? I don't know. Yee? I don't think it's a real thing. I think they were putting me on. Years, you sold it to uh, me as a real thing. Years later, I think it was just, uh, just a way to get me to sound funny. <laughs> but, like, we had, like, a few people protesting the Iraq war. You guys had like full on demonstration the weekend. I we did. Yeah. No blood for oil. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, yeah. we're not the liberal campus. Hemp is the power of the people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just remembering. Believe it. Can you, can you hear my fist up, brother? <laughs> remembering some of the chants from the, <laughs> the marches. <that> <laughs> yeah. <going on. laughs> 
It's like, wait, That's a good one. wait how does hemp, hemp is the power of the people fit into it's It works at any protest, really, I think. <laughs> oh, you're saying that was at the right. Iraq anti-war rally? That's right, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was just a hemp legalization rally. No, 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 no. this was just... It's in any rally. Right. Any. <laughs> <laughs> any rally. Well, some people's number one issue was they were going to keep doing that even though they were on board with your issue that wasn't gonna <laughs> it's gotta edge out you gotta have your priorities one. that's right the girl's gotta have her standards right right first legalize hemp and then stop the war that's right let's let's be clear here so i still think of you as the authority <laughs> on pc <laughs> So you have to wear your heavy is the head that wears the crown. <laughs> uh. the, there's a really interesting line there. So, because what ha- in the movie where they have to answer the questions, they go back to the hotel room and God's answering the questions, and he says, he quotes I, it, Voltaire or something, and says. God is a comedian playing to an audience who's afraid to laugh. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was like the inspiration for the movie. Was a writer for this was reading about like what kind of jokes have comedians played about God or what kind of bits do they do when they're on stage? And I think it all stems from that. Yeah. Right, like George Burns is a comedian, right. right? That is his job. So what if we had George Burns doing God, but he's not just doing a God bit. He is God. How do people react to him? And it's like that. It's a, He is funny, but you're in an audience who's kind of afraid to laugh, right? So he doesn't get a normal reaction to all of his jokes, right? Okay. Because of the relationship you have to the almighty when they make jokes you have to sort of bow and be like oh very good sir (laughs) instead of just or 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 just stand in stud silence because you're like i'm afraid assuming that was a joke might insult you like were you serious and he's not serious i mean except a bunch of them are half jokes but that's a little bit revealing i think that quote of like what the whole thing is it almost takes me it like breaks the fourth wall for a second okay but i think it's maybe it's intellectual but it was them kind of it was a little bit of a wink i thought yeah Um, but i liked it i also think it's kind of profound like if you could meet god what would it be like um and i like i like the comedian take like that actually that's the fundamental belief i think of the writers that there is a god and he has a sense of humor that's right that's right I think quantum mechanics kind of demonstrates that. Yeah. Like, let me give them quantum mechanics. This is fucked up. It's like... They'll never figure it out. Sure, you can know this, but if you do, you can't know this. Right. The closer you look, the less you know about this other thing. Yeah. And guess what? Like, you think the cat is alive or dead but it's really both all the time always has been (laughs) both realities are equally valid what 
Like, who thinks that shit up? <laughs> the comedian. It's like, ah, very funny. First, let me give you enough evidence to think that things are deterministic. <laughs> then, let me give you the tools to dig in a bit deeper. And, like, this shit doesn't add up. What do you mean light is a wave and a particle? What kind of a joke is this? A it's good funny. one. Uh-huh. All right, I'll try the soup. Where's the spoon? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? that Eddie Murphy from Coming to America. Right, yes, right. Where's the spoon? <laughs> Sorry, I missed it. I missed it. Just cut it together there. <laughs> cut it together. <laughs> Better yet, mm, cut in the original yes. from that movie and cut it's all It's going to be so out. smooth in post, let me tell you. <laughs> so smooth. So easy to do. Cut. We'll dub it. Yeah. <laughs> So fortunately, the movie moves right along, and there's yeah. nothing left here. But they go straight to um, him confronting Polly. Yeah. Right, because God tells him to. Right. And they show Polly doing the classic uh, or the stereotype of a, a television preacher. Yeah, as the the Reverend Willie Williams. Yep. Yeah. And it's just so clear, like, okay, now just give me your money. That's right. They... God God knows the falling of a sparrow and the depth of a pocket. <laughs> what a lie. <laughs> and they literally show him taking cash directly. That's right. It's not just the nice people in robes with an oh. offering basket, right. but one of the guys on stage gives yeah. him a 20. Gives... <laughs> And he kind of says, oh, you can put that right over... And then he just keeps it in his yeah. hand. <laughs> so in case you weren't sure, Paulie's taking cash. I saw it. Paulie, <laughs> cash was in his hand, and I could see it. Right. Everybody could see it if they wanted to. I mean, that's Paulie. That's all I'm saying. And then when I said it, he sued me for slander. I said it. I said it on television. I said it. So that's what happens. Yeah. Is he says out loud, and we get to go straight to court case, which is, I think, a that's nice right. way to wrap it up. Yeah. Right? And it kind of, it is kind of sad. That's what I remember about this movie is, in a way, it's satisfying. It's like, okay, what would you do? You'd go to broadcast media. You'd get it out there. Here's how people would react. But you'd end up in conflict. Yeah. And, like, we'd resolve it in court because this is America, actually. Right. Yeah. So, and if things are functioning you wouldn't just be shot or hidden away like no we'd take it to court yeah so they take it to court and he's in court for slandering yeah. paulie arraignment right? here for slander yeah yeah and you've got the brilliant ralph bellamy as sam raven esquire oh, God. what a guy to catch you might find lawyer, in a bacon right? and lettuce and tomato sandwich <laughs> from trading places 
Yeah, and he throws in the quote. He throws in the quote. The idea that he would, after he outlines all of his clients' virtues, which really don't necessarily seem that virtuous, but then right, he says, "Right, as Paulie the, carefully covers his hands over the giant diamond hands. rings he's wearing, that's he right. Sort of yeah, slowly yeah. moves. Oh, let me just hide these." As you talk about right. me not being rich. Because he pays six figures in income tax. That's right. Mm. Right. And he and says, I... the idea that he would line his pockets in this pursuit is the unkindest cut of all. <laughs> <laughs> which which I sounded familiar, so I looked it up. It's, it's, uh, it's Julius Caesar. Shakespeare's Julius nice. Caesar. But... That's talking about, of course, Brutus, right? Right. What you have accused stabbing me of. Caesar. Right. The unkindest. Beautiful. Right. So he equates Paulie with Caesar. Which is, right. Which is or Brutus, awesome. yeah. Right. Right. Paulie is Caesar, exactly. Paulie is Caesar, right. And. St. John is Brutus, so for those following at home, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so... Love, and Paul Ralph, Sorvino Ralph. gives these he gives these great puppy dog eyes. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, his face is awesome. It definitely made me want to go and rewatch. um... Uh, For a guy who moved all day long, uh, Goodfellas. Paulie didn't talk to six people. That's my favorite role for Paul Sorvino. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. some of the facial expressions he gets to do there and be the big silent guy, it made me yeah. yearn for more of that. And now knowing that he started out as a preacher before he became a mob boss is really adds depth right. to that character. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, he had this whole life before the mob boss, yeah. Well, he was one of, right, there's like a hundred people in the courtroom, and they all get to personally witness God. They're the only people in the 70s who got to see God. Right. They do. They all witness it, and in private, and then it's not recorded, and so it's a, and so, of course, that affected Paulie in his later life. I mean... Yeah. One of a hundred people who saw God. How could that not get to you? <laughs> yeah, he went from from evangelist to selling shoes to mob boss. Yeah, right. Pretty straightforward. And the but, judge. Um, who is the judge? I uh, love that judge. guy. Barnard Hughes. Yes. Yeah. Who I just watched in Tron. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, right. He's the senior that... scientist in Tron, who uh, he only has a couple of moments, but okay. like he's working on the laser in real life. He's an older programmer who's like, uh, "You're ruining this company." And then inside the Tron world, he's like the guardian of one of the portals. Okay. He can hold right. off the guards for a little while when Tron uh, gets through. Okay. Why I could be Derez just for letting you in here. Ah, that's a, yeah. is that the same guy? Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, Barnard Hughes. He's he's awesome. I mean, he's had a ton of stuff, but yeah, I just yeah. saw him in that. So, um, so he's pretty good. And the yeah. the court scene is after a the bit... arraignment, though. We do get to cut back to uh, one shot, one more intimate bedroom shot of uh, Terry Gar in a slip, and then uh, yes, 
and then we cut one back. more negligee. Yeah, and then one more. Cut so they back. managed to squeeze. <laughs> did it, did, I wonder whether she kind of looked at this. She's like, so what I have is three negligees and one stripy sweater. <laughs> one stripy sweater, and a. Um, some of the dialogue's okay here, but this is mostly about me and a negligee, isn't and, it, Carl? And one, <laughs> and one Daisy May in pigtails outfit. Right. <laughs> yeah. That, okay, I have to say, that struck me. The pigtails was like, I had a hard time paying attention to what she was saying. It's good stuff. She's such a cutie. Yeah. Then, uh, I wrote that they do an interesting montage there. Right after her and right. yeah, where they're presenting the all the evidence. They're reviewing. They have the the theo- theologians up on the stand oh, right. reviewing the answers, and um, uh, yeah, a bunch of people taking the stand and as they're doing the court proceedings. Yeah, and you know, they skip over it, but actually, the answers to the questions were pretty good. Right. 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 Like. How did he do this without knowing Aramaic? Right, and we never actually find out what what the deal is with it. In the in the 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 commentary, they call it the Junior MacGuffin. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you listen to the commentary? I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you must, who was on the commentary? Uh, I think it was Jerry Weintraub and Carl Reiner and. Uh, uh, they couldn't get John Denver and, and Terry Gar, yeah. And Terry Gar, yeah, yeah. Did she comment about the negligees? Uh, no, she commented about the uh, the uh, the scissors in bed and how uncomfortable it made her. No, the broad stripes outfit <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the the Daisy May outfit. I think. Did yeah. she? Yeah. <laughs> And did anybody apologize? No. <laughs> Although she, there is one scene where we see her legs nicely, and yeah. uh, and uh, they comment on it, and then she says, "Well, my mother was a rockette, so." Ah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a Hollywood actress, this is the terrain in which I guess she traveled. She has has had a fine career which is not over yet either so i think she's awesome but boy i bet she probably suffered a lot of me too movements who knows yeah yeah possibly yeah um right so the the lawyer the court case is broken up with that scene but then they come back in and they do some really nice stuff here like this is right out of if you watch Star Trek The Next Generation, there's a bunch of points where Picard becomes Lawyer Picard. There can be no justice so long as laws are absolute. <laughs> right. Right. He adjudicates a space philosophy morality problem as a lawyer, right? Yeah. And it takes really good writing to articulate his argument. And he... Man, it is so distracting to watch you try to get something out of your teeth. I'm sorry, it's like I had popcorn earlier. And... <laughs> you need floss. <laughs> you just need floss. Okay, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Lawyer trying. Picard. Okay, Lawyer Picard does right, this done. great it's moment done. Right. where he asks, <laughs> thank God for that. There has to be a little drop every time I say God. Oh, God. <laughs> 
Because we just throw it in our language, right? That's right. They do it as an inside joke in the movie, him saying, thank God, yeah. and he says, you're welcome. Right. But yeah. we say it all the time. So St. John asks for God to appear as his witness. Yes. Which is a really great moment, right? Because right. that's what this is about. This is faith. So he's like, look, I'm telling you I had a conversation with God. The only one who could confirm it is God. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Right. It's self-consistent with everything I've told you that it can't be recorded or photographed or proved. So you'd have to experience it yourself. Right. So I can all I can do, I would be lying if I tried any other trick or brought in any other witness. That would not be consistent with what I've said. Here is the That's only right. person. Yeah. And there is that beautiful moment where he was like, and so God doesn't appear. And he's like, but wasn't right. there a moment, Your Honor, when everybody paused and hoped right. and had yeah. a little belief, like it's possible. Yeah. Right. And that was, maybe it's sappy or whatever, but that was very cool. It was a moment. Yeah. yeah. You know, the whole audience at that point would also, in the theater, would also have that like. And so they play the serious moment. But then, because yeah. this isn't that kind of movie, right. they relax. He gets into deeper George, trouble. And George yeah. Burns appears. Oh, well, no, he, he starts to get into appears. trouble, but they don't yeah. leave him in trouble very long. Right. And then George Burns appears, and you get this kind of different moment in the movie where now God's breaking the rules he said before. Right. Yeah. Only St. John. One person at a time. Yeah. Right. But yeah. you don't care about that. It's fine. No. Yeah. And everybody gets to see it and there's this moment where they pan over to terry gar who's with john right and she gets yeah. to be like this is so great it's all true like i know you're not crazy right or even actually right. i already believed in you and now everybody else does too which would yes. be even right. nicer right right because i think at this point like she does believe yeah she does it's a it's a load off of her that that she's not the only one right. that's backing him up on his story at this point. Yeah, and feels like she needs to. Yeah, right. So it's really feel good, you know. And she doesn't even have to have. And maybe I'm crazy too. She doesn't have to have that either. Right. Um, right. So so that's a real to me. It's a real nice thing. Like, there's lots of movies where the one person with the secret dies with the secret. And it just has to be like, and they were right. the only one. And their true friends believe yeah. in them, but with no proof. It's like, nah, we don't have to carry that kind of heavy weight around our necks. Like, yeah, everybody yeah. saw the card trick. Right. And um, that sets the movie in a special category where I think your annoying critics who like unhappy endings are upset. And people like me are very happy. <laughs> I'm a happy ending kind of guy. Yeah. Except they don't really explain the uh the results of the answers that well. They don't bring the MacGuffin to a resolution, really. The junior yeah, MacGuffin. That would be complicated, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I mean, what did God get an A on the test? Did he, you know, did they were would they have graded him down? You know, it's like you know. Yeah, I mean, they don't show you the aftermath. Forty out of, of 50, all the major religions. Thirty out of fifty. Right. Right. Yeah, because like, because some of those 
big religious guys were on the witness stand. So maybe they're still in the room watching the proceedings, and they get to witness right. God along with Pauline. Yeah. Like, right, how does right. that affect them and the rest of right. their lives and careers? Holy shit. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yes. I mean, in a way, all God wanted to do was for them, along with everybody else, to start loving each other and not trashing the world. So maybe right. that's what they'd go on to do. But they don't really show the aftermath. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, the aftermath is he gets off the slander charge. The judge chooses judge chooses not to believe, which was sort of an indictment of the, I don't know, some part of society. And then Jerry is fired. Yeah. We get another glory shot of that pacer. And it's everything a small car never was. Man, what a sweet ride. The pacer. <laughs> um, the music goes over the top here really sappy as he comes up to the phone but um he gets one final shot with george burns yeah in the, in the uh safari outfit i guess the safari outfit yeah because he's gonna that, go spend some time with the animals i like animals <laughs> i think terry gar would look good in that outfit but george burns does not <laughs> What? George Burns looks great in that outfit. What are you talking about? With the hat? You like it? It's great. Oh. Yeah. You look amazing. No, he you look like his... a real, a real movie, movie character. I oh. think. No, he's he's. It's you can't make a caricature the only thing of a that, caricature. The only thing that would have made it better is if he was wearing shorts instead of pants. I think that would have been, that would have put it right over the top. I think it should have been shorts, but. American audiences are not prepared to see 80-year-old lower legs. Yeah, just, we can't handle probably it. Probably not. It wouldn't have gotten yeah, a PG yeah. rating. <laughs> yeah. Probably would have blown the budget. Yeah. Right. Yeah, what George Burns asks to show that much skin. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you think you think it's hard to see Julia Roberts naked? Like, George Burns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they already spent so much on John Denver's ears. I don't know. They can't really, you know. <laughs> well, if you're in for the nipples, you're in for the ears. That's what I always say. <laughs> it was the waxing budget that really did him in on that. Would I call the Hollywood insiders to write in and tell us if in for the nipples, you're in for the ears is a regular phrase that's used? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> Talk about your quotes. Talk about... Yeah. So quotable it hurts. Um, so then, just in case you thought we might go to like the 91st minute, John Denver says, well, can we talk again? And he says, you talk, I'll listen. Yeah, yeah. And it ends. And that's right. just the way it is. Yeah. God came. You can't make him come back. He'll listen to your prayers. You won't hear back. He's out there. And that's it. Yeah. All right. Boom. And David Ogden Steers wants you to oil your cukes. Cukes. Oil the, just oil the cukes. What's the big deal? Cukes. 
I should come over here and oil my cuke. Cuke. <laughs> That's well, when you say it like that, it sounds a little inappropriate. I think. D does it? <laughs> <laughs> so the movie ends. When I watched the movie with somebody else, I asked them what they think, and Beth said, um, "I was only half paying attention." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It was pretty light know, I fair. Kinda, yeah, I kind of felt the same way. There was some times that I had to pay more attention to the set and the period period pieceness of it, rather than you know to kind of pull me through a scene than than uh, right. than other times. I think. Yeah, it was a snack of a film, not a heavy meal. Right. Yeah, but I mean the the bit parts that they had were, uh, you know, with the David Ogden steers and uh, William Daniels. Uh, I think, get it, you know, you those were real showstoppers. I thought so. Well, they were. So my thinking was, this was originally pitched as a half-hour television comedy. Okay. Yeah. That would have a bit each week and they would have characters like this appear yeah it would be much more gradual but it would there would always okay. be these great comedy moments and they have people so they wrote in stuff for these people and they got like six episodes written and they're like yeah. you know what it's not we can't run enough episodes let's make it a movie let's just make it a movie yeah uh-huh and we put let's make three episodes three of the best episodes worth or the best six jokes, and then because it felt so much like a a sitcom to me. Yeah, so yeah. So they just made an hour right. and a half sitcom movie. Okay. That's all. Yeah. Well, it was based on a book, right? I didn't actually read the book myself, but. Right, right. I saw that in the titles. I don't know if yeah. I don't know if I'll bother to read the book. <laughs> Is it funnier? Uh, no, I don't know. I, w I wonder how much of the book and the movie are, you know, line up, sort of. Right. I'll read a review of the book, if I remember. Um, so, let's do our post ratings. And now's the time for yes. Race the Record. What is your name? All right, so now having seen the film, do you want to change your science rating? Science! Yes, my science rating uh, drops from a 2 to a 1.5. I don't believe it! Due to the uh, mainly evolution kind of uh, um, glossing over. Yeah, I think I have to be with you there. Like, I guess I would take the time to write a slightly more... I'd write the version of God that's as consistent with all physical evidence as it can be without hand-waving. Right. Yeah. Because there's yeah. definitely ways you can do that if you want, but they didn't work quite hard enough. Or it was even apologist for some things that I definitely think are bullshit. So I'm with you there, one, one and a half. I mean, I give them some points for being pretty consistent about a bunch of things, but yeah. Yeah. Let's go one and a half. That and then, and then the... Uh... Yeah, kind of the absence of science, really. As if God right, didn't like, invent science, as if God didn't invent science or something. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. You skip over a bunch of stuff. 
Like, does John Denver not know enough science to start questioning God about a bunch of things that right. you could if you wanted to challenge him? But no. All right, how about political correctness? This is politically incorrect. Um, yes, I uh, drop it a half a point to a two and a half, so right in the middle with the uh, evangelicals, tobacco, and ostriches. Ostriches <laughs> were enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see. What do I want to? It was tough because no. this was it was it was it was a certain cultural setting that they were kind of playing this from. So within that context, I think, yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna drop it way down uh, from the. Like, you don't need to take it this way, but if you want to be a real intellectual about it and a progressive liberal, you'd be like, so much of it is norms and attitudes in the 70s that are not acceptable and that life revolves around downtown L.A. is such Uh a Hollywood thing that's just sort of fine in this movie. and. There's a lot of ignoring of the rest of the world and the realities in it and other perspectives and points of view that um, it's very comfortable as someone who grew up not far from L.A. in Northern California in this right in this time period. Right. It's so comfortable, but Uh only because that's who I am and the culture I came from. Right. So there's there's a huge amount missing. So I downgraded a lot. Okay. All right. So, what's your what was your be, final rating on that then? It was was uh, did you have a, a did you have a number? Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So nudity, what? I go from the one point five originally. I bumped it up a half a star to a two. For, uh, you know, uh, Terry Gar's outfit. She carried the movie. I think as far as you know the uh, yes the eye candiness goes, and then but then John Denver, you know, with the ears and the nipples, and the, <laughs> I think. I give a you know, half he, star he did, for John he Denver put his, stuff. He put his effort in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Half from John alone. One and a half for three Terry negligees. And then <laughs> um, I'm going to give another quarter for the uh, checkout girl. <laughs> sex quote sex scene. <laughs> Pumping checkout girls in the freezer. I don't know. There's something very naughty about really getting to like third base in a produce area in a produce area yeah it in plain view of people walking by that's racy stuff yeah yeah they weren't just having a kiss like his hand was up her skirt (laughs) Uh, okay all right so i think it was wasn't it yeah yeah it was he said wash your hands norman (laughs) yeah no wonder he doesn't want the cukes oiled yeah (laughs) that's what i'm saying I think she wants the cuke soiled, but... (laughs) Shame! (laughs) So two and a quarter. I mean, and it's not clean nudity. There's... But, hey. So they had to stretch to get there. It's not real nudity, but, you know, that's what we're doing here in the late 70s. We're into quarter gradations. That's pretty... Pretty exciting. (laughs) Quarter of an oiled cuke. Cute. Extra. <laughs> that rating is not stars; it's oiled cukes. I give it two and a quarter oiled cukes. 
<laughs> just to rip off my other favorite podcast again. Actually, no, this is a different podcast. It's the Friendly Fire podcast yeah. where they don't rate on stars. They make up a rating yeah. scale for each movie. Okay. I love yeah. those guys. So as an ode oh, to nice. them, I'm, 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 the rest <laughs> of my ratings will be given in oiled cukes. God, y'all. So, in terms of social importance and impact, how many oiled cukes would you give this movie? Yeah, so I give this actually, I give this three and a half stars as a period piece. Mm. Yeah. Um, Three and a half. Yeah, so it's it stays, it stays at the same point. Yeah, I do not change it from my. Um, I think I'm still rating. confused in some ways about this rating and its relationship to political correctness, but I mean, the messages are super nice. Yeah. I have to give yeah. it that. Um, did it impact people? I have to say, it's such light fare, like the way that my wife could kind of drift off and pay attention to other things yeah, so easily yeah. meant that... No. It didn't stick, right? I mean, right, what stuck right. was these characters and these great comedic yeah. moments and these oiled cukes sliding under a negligee. But beyond that... Oh, wait, that's just in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> you have to reach and on purpose remember the nice messages. Right, right. It kind of it gets lost. They did such a job of not hitting you over the head with God's nice messages that they actually underhit it. Yeah. I think in the end, like there's nothing at stake for choosing to ignore the movie or God's words or whatever. He's just going to go see the animals and he'll listen again. He didn't kind of say like, if you guys don't do well, like I might kill you all or something like that. Right. Right. Well, you could have, although now we got to go see the sequel. Right. Cause I think that's actually, what he's like oh you guys are fucking up again i had to come back <laughs> right we don't talk about afterlife or anything like that or yeah no like other huge questions we would have been nice to right. answer so i'm going to give it a, a two and a half for being too light of a comedy okay actually i love comedies and i think people should pay more attention to them for social impact but it it did yeah. it so lightly and I think they left stuff on the editing room floor that it's lower to me. It's nice. I think they got a lot of the material. There was a sketch called the 2,000-year-old uh, man with uh, Mel Brooks. By doing that... No, don't hurt your faces, folks. Just a simple little clapping will suffice. That... At least some of the material they, this? they borrowed from that, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like a one-star... I mean, people yeah. remember this film, but not for the social impact reasons. All right, so, quotability. Quotability. How many oiled cukes. I jacked do this you up one, one, one full point. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what was your prior rating? A half point. Let's see, one, you one bring it up to one, one and half, and a half cuke. I'm bringing it up to one and a half cukes. Yeah. Uh, I am, I am going nuts. I am giving it four oiled cukes. Really? really? One because I am going to use oiled cukes oh, on a regular basis. Regular but the other day. one that I can find a use in the workplace probably twice a day now is 
I know what being a manager can do to a man. <laughs> Pump and checkout girls in the freezer. You can use that is so quotable. I can't stand it. That alone. Maybe I've been drinking. Maybe, but I'm giving it four oil cubes. Four for those oil two cubes. Lines. That was a great line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and yeah. the unkindest cut. I mean, that's a quote of a quote, but that, there's a bunch of good stuff in here. Yeah. Joint chiefs of staff. Joint chiefs of staff. Prayer breakfast. Was... And then something. The interaction. There's got to be a quote from when the. The cop pulls him over in the paper. It's supposed to drove through right. a, a car yeah, wash with, with like, my windows open? I don't think there's enough liquid in the radiator to do that. I, I gotta right. reread that one, but that's that's when you're yeah. questioning something and, somebody just said, that's the words you use. And George Burns' delivery in this is so I mean, it's so George Burns, I guess, right? He he was master right. of kind of the, the deadpan kind of almost. But um um Right, he's you know, smiling, he, but it he, doesn't crack. He doesn't laugh. Right, he has so yeah. many. He has a lot of lines, I think, that are pretty quotable. You know, um, so like, figured out figured out so many ways to talk to each other that they find nobody can. You know, <laughs> bingo again. Right. When when right. yeah, things like that. That little gems that he's throwing out there, um, but they're just like the rest of the lines that he's throwing out there. So godlike. I think it gets yeah, sometimes I mean, it gets lost lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It's so many, like, you can't... It's like when you listen to a uh, Eddie Murphy movie for the first time. Well, I know lots of times people see my show, then go to work and try to tell my act and fuck my jokes up on the job and shit. Right. An Eddie Murphy <laughs> right. comedy movie, like Raw yeah. or something. Right. And yeah. afterwards, you immediately want to share to your friend all the jokes you just heard but there were 200 of them and you can't and then he said goony goo goo yeah goony goo goo (laughs) (laughs) and then the big brown shark came (laughs) i know you're seven i know you're seven (laughs) (laughs) and he had a gi joe up his ass all right maybe you can quote an eddie murphy movie but it's a it's a little like there's a lot there. Yes. All right. So overall, I, I when I finish watching the movie on Voodoo, I give it stars, and in that moment, I gave it a three and a half. Okay. Because right. um, didn't have to be socially important to enjoy it. Like you know, thank you for being short and light, and all the jokes and the character actors. Now, I wouldn't rate it high on rewatchability. Like, every 20 years is probably enough, but yeah. it was good. I was not, like, annoyed and slogging my way through it. It was yeah. fun. Yes, right, right. Yeah, I give it a Would three. Would you like to hear so. a three overall? Yeah, three overall. Yeah. Okay. You want to hear the Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, good let's hear bad reviews? All right. The, which one you want to hear first? Uh, let's hear the good one first. Good one first. Okay, so I should say the overall Rotten Tomatoes rating is 72%. Okay. All pretty right. high. Yeah. So the good one was from the legendary Roger Ebert, Chicago ah. Sun-Times. Yeah. 
It says, Carl Reiner's Oh God is a treasure of a movie. Oh my God, I wrote. I overwrote something. (laughs) Adjective I typed over, comma, civilized, quietly funny speculation on what might happen if God endeavored to present himself in the flesh. So I should go look up that word I left out. Classic Roger Ebert, I think. All right, the bad review was Janet Maslin of the New York Times. An uneasy amalgam of inconsistent attitudes without enough humor or zaniness to divert attention from its questionable premise. (laughs) I thought that was a weak-ass bad review. (laughs) That is so, like, I wouldn't call it New York Times. I'd call it New Yorker is is the bucket I want to pin them in. Like, the New Yorker cannot enjoy a film that's enjoyable. Right. The New Yorker has never liked a comedy. No. Actually, I stopped reading The New Yorker because the movie reviews made me so angry. Okay. Because <laughs> they're so fucking full of themselves. Uh. And so using words like amalgam, good for you. Good for you. <laughs> oh, good for you! Well, I used and to just read it for the cartoons. <laughs> and, like, and she was like, she wanted more zaniness. Like, this is not... Robert Zemeckis, like Carl yeah. Reiner, has a different sense of humor, and it's a good one. Yeah. For people who appreciate humor. Yeah. So it actually did have enough humor. So I think she's full of shit. Just to comment on that. <laughs> Ooh, we could comment on the new podcast. We comment on movie reviews. Okay, sounds good. We analyze them. We psychoanalyze them. <laughs> Reviewing the movie reviews. I like it. Yeah. So when this one hits it big, and we don't have enough space to jam the thousands of ads that people are paying us to run on this one, we need another podcast. That's one of our other ideas. Podcast right up there with all the episodes of Night Rider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Airwolf. Riptide. Riptide. The short-lived Blue Thunder TV series. And, of course... Several other things we haven't got. The new adventures of Fiends Baxter, if we ever find it. The new Which is gonna be awesome, because I'll be really watching it for the first time. <laughs> I think I only watched, like, two episodes when it came out. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be really fresh for me. Okay. And we can work a different dynamic off that, right? Like, you'll have seen it and and, kind of <laughs> and forgotten it, and, it and then see it again. That's right. Right. All right, so I will be totally honest. I completely failed. I meant to but forgot to do recasting the reboot. Oh, no. Did you do I, that? I, no, okay. no, I didn't do that. And I think it's been that done before like by plenty of, of people. Yeah, so we don't okay. necessarily need to. I think. Well. I think. As a bit, we don't need to do that every week, I think, unless it really stands okay. out to us who would be perfect in what role. So, Well, I would just comment that um, there is a show playing on Hulu right now called God Friended Me. Ah, right, yeah. Which I managed heard of to watch show. the first eight minutes of, and a atheist character who has a podcast... Yes. Where he talks about his atheism, um, starts receiving text messages from God. <laughs> I did not get enough minutes into it for him to finally get past the this is a joke thing. 
Though I did, so there's further work with God appearing to us, right, in modern times, yeah. and like to just one guy, right, which is a kind of a reboot, and it did bring up the interesting conversation where I said, well, that's not realistic. A Twitter wouldn't let you have the handle God, yeah, or Jesus, or a bunch of those. That's too controversial. And right. Beth said, sure they would. So we looked it up. Yeah. And do you want to know who was correct? Uh, Beth. You are correct. Yes, Jesus Christ is a Twitter handle and a Facebook handle, and so is God, and so is Satan. Uh, yep. Wow. Somebody has those, controversial or not, and they're used for a mix of comedic and serious purposes, depending on which one. It's like boringly real. There's no joke to be made here. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Too bad. All right. So, shall we choose the movie we are going to see next? Superman. Superman. So we I leap like all the way to the year 1978, I believe. Is that right? I think you're right. Christopher Reeve's Superman. Right. And the reason I say Superman is because I am sure that I saw this movie in the theater with my family. And I am sure that I fell asleep during it as he understood. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, that reminds me of going to see Star Trek The Motion Picture in 1980. Okay. Which my dad is a big Star Trek fan, so he was definitely going to see the picture, despite not liking crowds. But we went ahead on opening weekend to I think the California Three theater had it. Oh, okay. Seventy millimeter yeah. in one of their because they had a large auditorium, and right. we couldn't get seats. They only together. had two screens, right? Or one screen? Only two. Well, screens I don't remember in 1980, right? but I think maybe they, yeah. okay. they did. Um, yeah. And uh, I had this. I was sitting on the stairs next to the aisle, in the aisle. Oh wow! Okay. Like we couldn't. So get you want to do that together. one instead? You think? No, no, okay. no. I'm just saying. Like you fell asleep. I think I drifted off on the stairs during on the stairs. Star Trek: The Motion <laughs> Picture, which nice. I mean, you could forgive when you think of that film and how long it was. Yeah. And the fact that I was eight, but yeah. let's do Superman. I have I have fond memories of this film. Okay. All right. So the next time we get together, we'll do our pre-work. So don't watch it yet. Okay. All right. Right. Yeah. No. All right. Although I I think I've seen it since uh, since I saw it in the theater, but. Oh. I... Does that? Okay. I would say decade, probably, <laughs> at least. Oh man, I hit the space bar and my recording stopped for a few seconds there. Shame. So you're gonna have an editing problem at two twenty three twenty three. Okay. All right. <laughs> Should we do a three two one? Just for a couple clap? of seconds. Three two. Okay. Wait. Three, three two, two one one clap. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Like. 22344 for me yeah. so if that helps you find okay. it okay um 
just a little glitch there. You can just insert some blank space in my track. <laughs> never getting to. We're never editing any of this. <laughs> never, never, not at all. Hey, this one's only two hours twenty five minutes right. for half of but a we, show. For half of a show, you gotta remember we got a whole hour before <laughs> this. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we can think about spacing it out differently. The pre-shows can come out, and then the show shows that they're separate episodes. Each each I mean, one is actually a whole like a four-hour podcast in one. That's how it'll work. I think it could be released in like ten minutes, ten bits. fifteen minute bits. Yeah, just, yeah. How high is the advertising load? Like ten minutes of advertising to ten minutes of show. What do you think? It depends on. Whatever the sponsors want, you know. <laughs> Whatever the market will Whatever bear. The market will bear. <laughs> so remember, we have to start recording the ads, right? We're doing the ads. <laughs> We're, We're making them up. Because right. <laughs> in this universe, the distance between us and a sponsor <laughs> is like. We have to make up our own sponsors. <laughs> What's an analogy? The difference between an ant and a man landing on the moon is yes. <laughs> a great many steps. Four hundred billions. <laughs> yeah, so we got to start recording our own fake ads, Saturday Night Live yeah. style. And those will be great breaks in yeah, the show. Yeah. And then good. we can reuse them, actually. They, we, they don't have to be all original every show. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I think all good podcasts have regular bits. So we'll have our own regular bits. Regular bits. Us. Uh, I don't know. Do we have to keep them PC? <laughs> Fuck no. Fair enough. <laughs> Asked and answer. All right. I think we should wrap it up. Yes. Hit the 2:30 mark. So, for let me drag that out for you. I've been Aaron Lewis, and I've been Popey, Ryan McCarthy. <laughs> and I'm gonna come up with a really good exiting tagline one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> you you've suffered enough. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> All right, you get to give it, yeah. And you've suffered enough. That's and you've good. Suffered enough. Wait a minute, wait, stop right there. Listen, stop right there a minute. Man goes into a restaurant. You listening? A man goes into a restaurant. He sits down. He's having a bowl of soup. He says to the waiter, "Waiter, come taste the soup." The waiter says, "Is there something wrong with the soup?" He says, "Taste the soup." He says, is there something wrong with the soup? Is the soup too hot? He says, will you taste the soup? It's wrong. Is the soup too cold? Will you just taste the soup? All right, I'll taste the soup. Where's the spoon? Aha. Aha. What do you know from funny, you bastard? All right. Keep working on that delivery. (laughs) Stopping recording in... Five, Five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one, stop.